0: Greetings ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this latest episode of Tales, Tales from Outer, 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 space. Outer Space, taken from the subreddit HFY. The links to all the stories will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider subscribing. Story number one, Why They Won, written by Ozu95Supian. Jeldar waited at the terminal, his fur wet from the rain outside, and an impatient flicker in his ears. On days like this, when the weather was bad, his joints would ache, making his old bones and prosthetic legs stab his body with daggers of pain. He would have been in a foul mood were it not for the fact that his son, Jalmakar, was coming back from the Ungrulak and coming of age journey. "'There he was,' he said to himself, as he spotted the young and tall Karatak like himself. Grey fur with black facial markings and onyx eyes, they walked towards each other, Makar bowing his head slightly, with Dar's forehead moving up to meet his son as they rubbed each other in a greeting. "'I'm glad you're back,' said Dar. "'As I.' "'Um, let's get something to eat before you depart.' Both father and son wandered through the station on Jordok, a neutral planet on the edge of the Core Worlds, near the Kuratak and the Va'an borders. They soon found an eatery which catered to carnivals, with a proud sign displaying best 0% sapience meats in the sector. Dar chuckled to himself, slightly offensive after all. Their species had never eaten a sapient despite their violent reputation. As they settled down to their meal, Makar told Dar about his journey. He had gone out to the fringe systems and worked as a mercenary for about two years. Macaw also told his father of the bounty hunting he did in Omokar for. I thought to myself, this Olam is either going to be sickly or old due to how long it had been a problem, or it was going to be an experienced beast. Turns out I was right on both accounts. It was a hard fight, but as I killed it, so watch buzz, Makar said shaking his head in disgust. Dar laughed as he imagined it. It reminded him of how he got soaked and blood during the hunt with his father nearly sixty years ago. "'I'm proud of you. You have really grown. Darby, have you decided what you wish to do now? I'll become a blade and defend our kind from the rest of the galaxy.' Dar was not surprised. He knew how interested Macar was in anything related to the military and his determination to become a blade like he was so long ago, before he became a diplomat. You'll have to train even harder for that. I know, but you have taught me well, Makar said with a grin. Nevertheless, things will be changing now, so best be prepared. For what? What has happened? The young Kuratak of thirty-five years asked. A Kuratak lands will be joining the League of Free Systems as a full member, and we will be integrating our militaries. What? But why? McCarr said incredulously. Why would we join those weaklings? Hmm, and turned Dar, more serious now. You sound like your uncle. He has been filling your head with garbage lately. It's not garbage. He has written many books. Inflammatory ramblings of a melancholic xenophobe, Dar replied, remembering how angry he was the last day of the quiet when he argued with his brother. But weren't you able to do anything? I thought that you had sway in the council. What? To prevent this? I support it. Makar made a frustrated pace, as if there was about to say something before catching himself. Say it. Say what? Say what you were going to say just now. His son took a deep breath. I would have thought with those humans had done to you, you would be against joining the Federation of Peace-Loving Herbivores. Omnivores. What? Humans are omnivores? Or did those books written by Joel tell you otherwise? They did. Makar replied with hesitation, Typical, Clan Joel lost so much in the war that they would do anything to get back at them. I'll have a talk with the leader of education to get him to remove those fantasies from our schools. Da continued on with the tone that he was going to lecture his son, and that he would not be interrupted. Let me guess, they also told you that the only reason they won is because they could outbreed us and overwhelm us with sheer numbers, and that they attacked first. Makar was silent. Da went on. I bet they also told you how physically inferior these humans are to us, how they all cowered in sight of our warriors and used cowardly tactics of long-range weapons. I've seen them on the fringe. They are not worth much. That is because you see they're outcasts and criminals. Tell me, did they also say that humans have no honor? Silence. Answer me, Da said with a slight growl. Yes, Makar replied with his ears down. Look at me. Makar did as he was asked, gazing at his father, the blade, the war hero, the diplomat. His face crisscrossed with scars that would have made the meanest and toughest soldiers think twice of insulting. Do you know why we lost the war? Makar leaned closer. First of all, we outnumbered them up until the last three years of the conflict. Our ranks were filled with captains and generals who only got their due to centuries of nepotism. We started this conflict because due to lack of communication with the rest of the galaxy, we found that one of our targets for colonization was taken by a group of humans. Instead of renegotiating, we invaded and took their peoples as slaves. The books will tell you how we held a lion against the aggressors, but the truth is we got greedy. This incident gave us the excuse to invade their worlds, and we were overextended, thinking that we could crush them. It was a bloodbath. Those idiots would send thousands charging into their deaths. The only upside of that tradition demanded that those fools in command die with their battalions. We learned, but slowly and with a great deal of pain. We could flip their vehicles with our bare hands, but they would keep picking us apart with snipers and artillery. Turns out we make good targets for them. They would bomb us all the time and with those mortars, never letting us rest. Whenever we would try to strike back, they would retreat, but at the same time they were covering each other with their fire. We never encountered a species who could turn a dishonorable retreat into an orderly and calculated slaughter for those who would press the attack. That didn't mean that we would never win. I remember breaking through their armored line while firing into the rear guard, I remember sneaking up on their sentries and quietly dispatching them. We bloodied their nose as well. Dar paused as he remembered the blood that human was so small, so young. At that point in the war, they wouldn't have dreamed of putting such young fighters in combat. It didn't matter that they were better trained regardless of their age. He had been staring at his drink as he told his story, almost forgotten where he was. He looked up the car, the young boy paying rapt attention to every word. The only thing the history books got right were their numbers. We did kill about 3.5 million of their troops to our 2 million, but we couldn't sustain that. We did not want to. And out of those millions of humans, thousands were mere militia from people that we enslaved. We thought ourselves to be the masters of combat, hunting, and dominating, but they were the masters of war. We had no idea of what war was, but the humans know exactly what it is. Do you know what they think about war? I know they claim they don't like it. True, but I've studied their history. I felt that I needed to understand our enemies if I were to engage them in diplomacy. Their history before they reached the stars was one of incredible violence, horrors not even the most disturbed commanders would even dream of using. Firebombing cities, chemical attacks, suicide bombs, nuclear strikes. Sure, they pale in comparison to the firepower of a single corvette wields, but the death tolls of their wars were staggering, and that was to their own people. I know I may be painting them as vicious little monsters, but they are not psychotic murderers, nor do they enjoy the thrill of combat as we do. I struggled to find out how they could be so peace-loving, and how they could be so deadly in combat. How they could live in freedom and individuality, yet stamp it on with iron discipline when the time came for their troops. Dar's leg began to pain him even more. Makar noticed his discomfort. As it turns out, they had already given me the answer when I lost my leg. Makar stiffened. He had heard about what happened, but from others, not from his father— he had never liked to talk about the war. We we had been taking fire from a heavy artillery unit on top of Crondock Hill. Half of our unit was killed. I lost many of my friends. I was angry, so I ran up. I ran as fast as I could while the rest of my team covered me. I had been fortunate they had turned that valley into a kill zone, but there was a path that gave me cover as I climbed. I was actually shot in the shoulder, but I didn't feel it at the time. When I jumped up on the edge of the cliff, they were surprised. I took them all out with my blades and my pistol. They were alone in the eatery. Macar could hear the rain outside. I was still angry, so I decided I wanted a little more revenge. I knew how these big guns worked, and I knew right where I aim them. I was at the controls directing the big guns to fire upon the other human positions when I heard it clink. ''They threw a grenade at you out of spite,'' McGarr said solemnly. ''No, not at me. I turned around and saw a human. He had been one of the first ones I'd gotten. He was in bad shape. I had literally disemboweled him. He was lying in a pool of bloody mud. He had managed to grab both pistols and a grenade, but he wasn't aiming at me. He wasn't even looking. He threw it at the ammo dump nearby. I tried to run, but the blast caught me, shredding my back open and mangling my leg.'' more silence and more deep sighs from Dar. He didn't do it, out of spite. He knew exactly what I was doing, so he decided to sacrifice himself, and that was it. I realized it later. They are masters at war because for them war is a constant sacrifice, and they are willing to sacrifice anything if they deem their cause worthy enough. You can see this everywhere in their armed forces, They sacrifice food and water to their civilians because that's their duty. They sacrifice personal comforts when enlisting, I dare say, while in training they treat their soldiers worse than how we used to treat slaves, depriving them of peace and sleep and individuality. Their society is one of hedonistic pleasure and libertarian feralities, at least to us, but they sacrifice that comforting way of life to become something else. They sacrificed honor in combat for efficiency. Or rather, their honor became reflected someplace else. That is why we lost. We were never able to sacrifice as much as they continuously do. Dar stood up, Makar following suit as they went to pay for their food. Makar, I know you are proud of our race and our culture, and I know that some of us are fearful of how it is seemingly eroding away. They will say that we are becoming weak, that we are losing honor. But I know these humans, despite the things that we did to them, they even sacrificed their own hate and prejudice to make an alliance with us. And believe me, we need it right now, thanks to how things are turning out in the Possumok Empire. They walked out, the rain had stopped for now, and an air still humid, but with some of the sunlight peeking through the clouds. I am not mad at you, my son. I am very proud that you wish to be a blade." i know i cannot tell you what i think of the humans but i ask that you keep an open mind besides you'll probably end up training alongside them soon enough end of story story number 2 uguboga Minuka, written by vas underscore a moving dot appears under the screen displaying a planet huh captain what is it Looks like they fired a rocket, like the one they shot at the moon. Yeah, I... No, wait, there's more. More dots appear on the screen. At least several hundred of them. Maybe they're trying to evacuate. They won't get far in those things, right? No, sir, they barely even got to the moon last time. No FDL, but... Huh. That's odd. It looks like they're heading this way. They're coming to us. Yeah, it looks like it. What do they want? Negotiate? Why would they send several hundred rocket ships to negotiate? They are probably trying to board us. The point defense system will take down what they can. Our soldiers on the board can handle those that get through. Those lead projectiles they use are going to be no good against us. Okay, sir. One of the dots on the screen started diving towards smaller dots. Huh. Captain, look at this. They're breaking into smaller ships or something and... Oh. What is it? One of our ships disappeared. What? What? Where did it go? I don't know. I was just there and then it's gone and then... Oh. Another one disappeared. What's going on? I think those are nuclear missiles, Captain. What? But that's stupid. Why would they have that many nukes if they can only kill themselves with them? I don't know, but that one is pretty close to us. Several weeks pass by and a report is passed on the desk of the Admiral. Ah, invasion report. I was expecting this. Thanks, Karin. The Admiral watches the Secretary leave the room gliding while excreting mucus to aid her seductive snail-like locomotion. Let's see. The Admiral's face twitches as he reads through the report. Okay, he says quietly, nodding as he closes the file. Karin! Karin! A moment goes by and the Secretary peers by the door with such haste that her alien mouth tentacle thingies slap around her face like soggy sausages. Would you please take this file and put it somewhere no one can find it and make sure to cancel that request to renew our invasion of Earth? It seems those apes have enough nuclear weapons to destroy a planet several times over. But Admiral Chad, why would they have that many nukes if they were planet-bound and can only kill themselves with it? I don't know, Karin, but be rest assured, we are not looking to have an insane monkeys for slaves. Let's find better targets and just delete that system from the potential targets. I'm sure we won't have to worry about them. They'll kill themselves eventually. Several hundred years pass by. They did what now? They refused our ultimatum. What? Why? They barely have the technology to colonize their own star system. Their fleets have no chance against us. Why would they refuse? They have stockpiles of singularity warheads that can create an extra-dimensional anti-gravity pulse strong enough to negate the gravity of a black hole, causing it to explode in whatever you'd call it when a black hole goes supernova. They have enough weapons to destroy the galaxy several times over at FTL speeds. But, but they would die too if they use them. Yes, they said they don't care if they can't win as long as we lose. That's stupid. This is freaking stupid. How have they not killed themselves yet? How the hell do I explain this to the War Master? Oh, I'm terribly sorry, War Master, but we still can't invade this backwater crab hole because now the crazy monkeys will destroy the whole galaxy if we do. Yes, sir, I think that's an accurate way to express it. Oh, frick off, Todd. End of story. And that, my friends, is the end of the video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you wish to support the author, check the links down below for the original link. But if you wish to support this channel, there are numerous ways listed down below. But the easiest would be to share this with as many people as possible to help the channel grow. And I will see you all in the next video. And until then, I hope you all have a good one. Cheers.